Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. For the ages on the radio today, it was fantastic. We'll go over what was said. I thought it was really, really interesting and in a bunch of different ways. We'll also talk about Indiana. They got a chance tonight against Rutgers. This is their opportunity. You win this game. You go to 10-9 and in the Big Ten. Rutgers drops to 10-9 and in the Big Ten. And all of a sudden, all is possible for Indiana in the month of March for the first time since 2016. Something is going to happen tonight that either hasn't happened since 2019 or 2018 in that game between the Hoosiers and the Scarlet Knights. Let's talk about sports, shall we? This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. For Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022, we're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing, Give them a call. They do great work. They do it at a price. You're going to love them. You can trust them. 765-610-8809 is the number. Hit the subscribe button. Ring the bell. Hit the like button. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. So uh, when Dan and Chris Ballard get together once a year during the combine to talk about football and talk about life, it's must-listen radio for me. There's very little about radio that's intriguing these days. But that conversation is to me. You learn stuff during that conversation. And we'll get to some of the life stuff that uh, both Dan and Chris uh, explained during this wide-ranging hour. But we we got to talk first about the football stuff. A lot of uh, non-information about Carson Wentz. Although yesterday, I'm going to tell you, before we talk about the Dan-Chris thing... Let's talk about what happened yesterday with Chris Ballard, because going over and over and over the transcript, I read over the transcript of Chris, I watched it live on Zoom, and and then I looked at this thing or online at Colts.com and, and read and read and read and read, and I thought, okay, what is the thing? Where did Chris Ballard drop his hint as to which way he's leaning in the Carson Wentz thing? And I kept coming back to this. He said, over and over, and I think three or four times, that their choice at quarterback is going to serve the long-term and short-term interests of the Indianapolis Colts. 
Now, does Carson Wentz fit into that paradigm at all? He doesn't to me. Here's what you do with Carson Wentz. If if you're going to run Carson Wentz back for 2022, you're going to give him one more year. You're going to say, okay, you kind of had things line up against you. There was the COVID. There was the foot injury during camp, which was not of your doing. And, and then you had some guys on the line that kind of got injured in ways that they normally don't. And you had injuries among the wideouts to Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton opened the season on IR. Things were not perfect to give Carson Wentz that opportunity to succeed. And so we're going to run it back for another year. It would cost us $15 million to cut bait right now. But if we run it back for another year, next year, we, we can release Carson Wentz without any impact to the salary cap or to the revenue of Mr. Ursay. And that's important to Mr. Ursay. Mr. Ursay wants money. Jim Ursay, and it's his business. It's his family's business. There's nothing wrong with wanting $15 million. Somebody walked up to you with a satchel full of $15 million and said, here's $15 million. He'd say, hey, this is great news. Whether you've got a billion or not, $15 million is still $15 million. At any rate, long-term and short-term, what does that tell you? Carson Wentz and the guy, there was nothing about year one of this Carson Wentz experiment that gave you any kind of thought, any kind of suspicion that he was going to be the right guy for that job long-term with the Colts. They finished 9-8, and eight. and you know what? There are a lot of reasons for that, but we are not so childish that we aren't willing to lump a good portion of that liability, that culpability, on Carson Wentz's shoulders. That's just the way it is. He is not, at least to this point, shown himself to be the long-term answer. Now, could he be the short-term answer? Sure he could. He could in 2022. And then you got an idea whether he can be long-term. But right now, you don't believe he's long-term. What, the other thing that you can surmise from Chris Ballard's comments yesterday, like I said, which were repeated several times, they're not going to draft a project. They're not going to go out and get the kid from North Carolina or the kid from Western Kentucky or the kid from Cincinnati and say, you know what, here are the keys to the car, screw it up for a couple of years. We know in year three you're going to be ready to win. They want to win now. And a rookie quarterback does not get that done, period. And so they're not going to invest a draft pick, and plus they don't pick till 47th. This isn't a draft heavy with a lot of quarterback talent. So they're not going to do it through the draft. They're not going to do it with Carson Wentz if you run it through that filter of short-term and long-term answer. They're going to go out and get a guy. Is it Jameis Winston? Is it a free agent? The only one worth really gambling on is Jameis Winston. I don't believe it's going to be him. So that leaves making a deal and going and getting the guy. They're not going to show their cards because they're not morons. Now, Jim Irsay kind of showed his cards a little bit to Chris Mortensen and Jason Lockenfora. At least that is what we have kind of cobbled together as a theory as to how those tweets happened and those reports happened. Because who else would do it? It would not be Chris Ballard. And it sure as hell wouldn't be Frank Reich. So, there you go. I think that that meant that Chris Ballard is on the side of Carson Wentz has got to go. And then it's going to become interesting to see if Frank Reich is willing to bang his fist on the table and put his ass on the line, crawl farther out on that skinny limb, 
where it might break off and his career might go down the toilet with it. He might become the head of another seminary or, or whatever, the, the, you know, some kind of Bible college. I don't know. He's not going to be a football coach if that thing snaps and going that far out on a skinny limb, man, you are putting yourself in jeopardy. We'll see what happens. But it seems to me, reading the tea leaves and kind of reading the tarot cards, putting tea leaves on the tarot cards, if you want to read it, you can go to KentSterling.com and read it. I wrote it up uh, much earlier today, or earlier this morning. And you can see what maybe we can kind of piece together as evidence of a theory as to who the quarterback is going to be. All right. Also, when Chris Ballard talked to Dan Dockage, Dan asked him point blank about Quentin Nelson, whether he's tradable or whether he's worth the money. First, whether he's tradable, then whether he's worth the money. And Dan said 17 to $20 million. And Chris Ballard said, well, I think he might be a little high there. He's going to be well paid. All right, then. I don't know how much money that is. If you're talking about paying a guard even at 13.8 or whatever he's going to make this year in that that kind of fifth year uh, uh, contract year where you do get a lot of money if you're the sixth overall pick and Quentin Nelson is going to get a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a left guard. One of the things that Chris Ballard said justifying the level of cash he's going to be paid is that he brings a lot of intangibles. Man, he comes into the locker room and he's got an attitude that lifts people and drives people to play better. What's wrong with getting a quarterback who does that? What's wrong with getting a left tackle who does that? What, why is, it, is his personality so completely unique that you can't find another person like that anywhere at another position where that kind of investment would be worthwhile. It seemed preposterous to me. His intangibles make him worth what? What do you mean his intangibles? Don't you have anybody else on the team with intangibles? Don't you have somehow the ability to go get a quarterback who's going to be your hardest working guy or be the taskmaster and lifts people up and holds people accountable? Why can't it be a guy at a position where you can afford to overspend, maybe, to keep him for intangibles, not a left guard. So there was that. There were some other things. He was vehemently against hard knocks. That was really interesting to me. Vehemently against hard knocks because he thought it would be a distraction. What did I tell you? You know, when this was announced, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. There is no way Ballard was on board with this thing. This is going to be a distraction, or it has the potential to be a great distraction, exactly what Chris Ballard thought. Uh, he's going to spend in free agency. He says he gets, a, he gets a little bit tired of that crap, hearing that he didn't want to spend in free agency. Well, I mean, where have they spent in free agency? They made the trade for DeForest Buckner, and they're spending on DeForest Buckner, right? So there's that. That's a little bit different from free agency. Free agency, you're taking somebody else's kind of tainted goods. There's a reason why either the players leave in the franchise, the original franchise, or the original franchise decided not to make an offer to the player. You got to figure that out. Free agency is high risk, high reward, high risk too. And and so doing that, you got to be really careful. But they need weapons. And I don't know where else they're going to get them. 
Maybe you can get one at 47. They draft their first pick is 47. Maybe they could trade up and get a guy that they're in love with as a wideout. He knows they got to have weapons. He also said they have got to continue to build from the inside out. you got to be able to block people, and you got to be able to control the line of scrimmage. I have no question about that. However, you can't completely ignore the wide receiver position, which is kind of where this team is, minus Michael Pittman. Pittman, weapon. Campbell, injured. Hilton, injured. He's not going to quit on Campbell. Good. Don't quit on Campbell. He's a hardworking guy. Says he's been uh, a victim of bad luck. I don't believe there's such a thing. Uh, He said about life uh, and social media, Twitter gives every moron a voice. That's exactly right. So does YouTube. Uh, You know, um, Dan said during the interview, men sulking is a mystery to me. And that's absolutely right. Like, what are you doing? You know, you're going to sulk, you're going to get your ass up, you're going to do something, right? That's what you do. You get your ass up and you move on. You face some adversity, you say, you know what, life is full of adversity, this is the way life is. Let's go. You know what, we learned that in baseball, right? You strike out in the first, you hit a home run in the third. That's life. You hit a home run in the first, you strike out in the third. What are you going to do? You throw a touchdown pass, you throw a pick. You know, you make a bucket, you make a three-pointer, you miss a three-pointer. It's what you do. You answer adversity in the best way possible, and sulking is never the best way possible. Um, He is a really, really confident leader. He said, um, mental toughness is not gained in times of prosperity. And and he said that in, in terms of his grandfather who cleaned pools and was a football coach down in Texas. And Chris Ballard would ride around with him. And that's what, and, and the grandfather said that uh, mental toughness is doing a job because you know it's good for your family. Doing a job you don't like because you know that it's good for your family. That's why 22-year-olds drive everybody crazy. Because they don't know what the hell they're talking about until... You've either gotten a job or maintained a job because it's good for your family and you've shown up and you've done that job as well as you can day after day after day after day because you know it's good for your family and not because you love it. Until you've done that, you don't know a squat about life. And that is absolutely true and good for Chris Ballard. It was just fun to hear a guy talking to a guy in a way that guys talk to each other. And it was nice. And Chris Ballard said that he takes things very seriously, too seriously. I'll tell you what, if you're in the media and media people, they watch this and and maybe they've already done this, but if you're in the media, maybe this will keep me from getting credentialed ever again. But as you go to the bathroom in the press box at Lucas Oil Stadium, You walk by a thing, and if you walk by at the right time, you're going to hear Chris Ballard yelling about things, and you might stop for a couple minutes and audit Chris Ballard yelling about officiating, about all kinds of stuff, and it's really, really interesting, but it was great to hear Chris Ballard not at a podium, kind of being allowed to, you know, act the way he wants to act, 
but being in a room just having a conversation like a guy. It was unbelievably good radio, really, really good stuff. I enjoyed it, and and we learned some stuff, and and that's just wonderful. Uh, Indiana tonight, they've got Rutgers at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. They win. It's not that they're in. I think we've been saying when they're in. They're not. It's win, and they live to dance another day, right? The game against Purdue, forget about But if they win tonight, they are, are kind of locked in to some place uh, fifth through ninth in the Big Ten, meaning that in the, in the second round of the Big Ten tournament n- next Thursday, they're going to play a lesser team. If they beat Rutgers tonight, and then they've got that game next week and they win that game, then they're going to go to the NCAA tournament. If they lose either of those games, tonight against Rutgers or that kind of one of those play-in games in the Big Ten tournament, I think it's adios to the Hoosiers unless they pull off the stunner on Saturday at 2 o'clock. And that's just the way it is. Can Trace Jackson Davis score? Is good Xavier going to show up again tonight? Rob Finnessy, how many minutes can he give you now, right? Trey Galloway, we know, is going to be out. Can you stop Geo Baker, and can you stop Ron Harper Jr., who suddenly has turned into a fairly competent three-point shooter? He's hitting 38% after a career where he really had a tough time knocking down threes, but this year suddenly he's figured out how to shoot them. How? I don't know. But they ought to bottle it, get the guy who taught him, and hire him in Bloomington. Maybe Xavier Johnson has, has been uh, learning from the same guy. He's up to 38% now from 32% just two games ago. Here is the thing that's going to happen tonight for the first time in a while. Either Indiana is going to win their third Big Ten team in a row, or game in a row. Th- it hadn't happened since 2019. If they do, Rutgers is going to lose their fourth Big Ten game in a row for the first time since 2018. Geo Baker was on that team. Indiana, they lost seven in a row that year. Indiana was number six. Geo Baker in that game in in the 17-18 season, Geo Baker scored 12 points. Geo Baker has been playing for Rutgers forever. My God. Uh, Steve Peichel, really, really good coach. You're always going to get a great effort out of Rutgers. They're always going to be well coached. And what we know is that Indiana has got to out-execute if they're going to win. Pacers tonight, 7 o'clock against Orlando. Got to tell you, I don't care. I don't like being ambivalent about anything, but I don't care who wins this game tonight. Uh, I just don't. Um, So there you go. Whoever wins the Indiana-Rutgers game has a really good chance to go to the NCAA tournament. Whoever loses has a bad chance. Joe Lenardi's got these two teams as the last two teams in. So there you go. Just a great day of sports. That was such a good out with with Chris Ballard and Dan Dockage. Just unbelievably good. Uh, Just kind of talking. And the longer they went, the better it got, which was excellent. Uh, Tonight, instant Post game tonight for Indiana. If they win, we ring this. We only ring this if the Hoosiers win. If they don't win, oof, I think I'll take this shirt off and I'll, I'll wear some kind of black morning garb. We'll talk to you later tonight.